Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Truth. I'm your host, the one you love the most, Niall Hessen, back with another episode here in The Truth, back with another episode of On the Court, episode number 19. As today, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be talking about the Houston Rockets. I hope you guys are excited for another edition here of On the Court. I am joined once again by AJ Ponciano. AJ, how are you doing here today? I'm doing good. I mean, we're about to talk about a team that seems like they've had every single star in the league at some point in their team and still haven't won anything. Yeah, this team, uh, to say the least, has gone through its fair shares of ups and downs. Rockets, however, are looking to get back into stardom. I mean, they also made some acquisitions and they have some new faces on their team as well, especially for a team that finished so low that they did last year. Maybe they'll be able to make a run. We're going to do it as we've done every individual team preview show. We'll go over our three key players. We'll go over our bust, our breakout player, sleeper player, team MVP, key draft picks and offseason moves, our two keys to success, and our standings prediction for the upcoming year. So without further ado, go ahead and give me your three key players for the Houston Rockets this year. So my first player has got to be Jalen Green. Jalen Green's been really solid since coming into the NBA. Uh, he's starting to grow into his own at this point. Uh, in his career, last year, the 76 games, 22.1 points per game, 3.7 rebounds, and 3.7 assists per game. Still only 21 years old. I believe I did see something the other day, him saying that he's never going to have a game where he doesn't score uh, like five points or three points. Something along those lines where he's like, he's going to make sure he gets his shots up no matter what. Next up, I'm going to go with Alfred Sangoon. I think Sangoon's been a really underrated player for this team uh, at the center position. Going into year what, three now, I believe, last year, uh, last year, 75, in 75 games, 14.8 points per game, nine rebounds, uh, 3.9 assists per game. Uh, no disrespect, but he's kind of turning into, like, a young, like, Walmart version of Jokic. I know I, it seems like a lot of players, if they're a form player and play center, they get assists. That's, like, kind of the comparison. But he's doing very similar things. Uh, he is a little bit bigger. He's not like a skinnier center like how we see him. So like he's six. He's six eleven, two hundred forty three pounds. He's got some good size to him in comparison to some of the other guys. Uh, but his passing ability, his rebound ability are both great, and he's still able to score at a good clips. And then my last one is going to be Jabari Smith Jr. I really like Jabari uh, for this team. I think a lot of other teams he wouldn't fit very well. But I think for this team, uh, he's been solid. Last year, played 79 games, which is a big thing for me, uh, especially like rookie year, second year, how many games a guy can play. Uh, I don't want to – I really hate seeing like rookies and all that uh, take out take off time. And unless they're obviously injured, then it's like, all right. But like if they just take time off, uh, like load management type stuff as a rookie, I don't think it makes a whole lot of sense because you want to get these young guys time. But 79 games – uh, 12.8 points per game, 7.2 rebounds, 1.3 assists. Very solid numbers as a rookie last year. Uh, those three, I think, are three of the foundational pieces. I mean, you got a shooting guard slash point guard there in Jalen, and basically your big man and power forward for the future. Yes, yeah, so my first key player is going to be their big name acquisition in the offseason, Fred Van Fleet. Obviously, Fred Van Fleet has spent his entire career there in Toronto. Now he gets a new opportunity with Houston. I mean, it was kind of an interesting signing. At least a lot of people were not expecting uh, Fred Van Fleet to go to the Houston Rockets, really expecting the Houston Rockets to pursue Fred Van Fleet. But they ended up having him. And Fred Van Fleet entering his 
eighth season, I believe, in the NBA. Has been pretty consistent for Toronto. Last season, maybe a little bit of a down year, only 19.3 points per game. But now that he's with Houston, he's paired alongside Jalen Green. Obviously, Jalen Green is the future there for the Rockets. They obviously have big dreams and aspirations for him. But Fred Van Fleet, I feel like, fits in very nicely with the, what the Houston Rockets want to do um, as far as you know building their franchise you know, around Fred Van Fleet, Jalen Green, and Jabari, Jabari Smith. Because Fred Van Fleet is consistent. We obviously know what he's able to do beyond the arc. He hasn't been as great of a three-point shooter, in my opinion, as maybe expected coming out of the draft, but he's been very solid for them, and he's been you know, a very high-Q-level player. Now he shifts into the point guard role, though, which is going to be interesting to see how he does. He does share the ball very nicely, though. Typically, I mean, he averaged last season 7.2 assists to go along with his 19.3 points per game, and also picks up 4.1 boards as well. So kind of a do-it-yourself guy, does a lot of things well for the Houston Rockets, and they're going to need that a lot this season, especially with you know some of the younger guys that they do have as mentioned i mean this is a team that isn't you know going to be probably tremendous but getting fred van fleet also helps you know just showing that hey we want to win you know we want to try to you know build a good surrounding cast not only for um you know guys like Jalen green but javari smith as well just the future of this houston rockets team so i really liked it to go out and get you know a guy like him i think it was an interesting move to say the least because you look at a guy like fred van fleet and you're like man really houston rockets that's where he ends up but I don't know. I think it's going to actually be a good thing for both sides here. And I think, you know, he's going to be poised to have maybe better chances of opportunity just because of, you know, being in a different environment and an environment where he's needed more. Not saying that he wasn't needed in Toronto, but I mean, obviously there's a lot of great players in Toronto. So it's not like he necessarily need to be the top player there, but he does need to be the top player, it seems like, for the Houston Rockets this season. Next, we go with Jalen Green. I mean, Jalen Green was their number two overall pick back in 2021. He's now played two seasons in the NBA. I think he's actually played really well, too. I mean, last season, 22.1 points per game. That was his best yet, and that's something that you like to see in the emergence of Jalen Green. At 3.7 assists and 3.7 rebounds. Now fully shifts to the number two spot, and maybe this is better for him. I mean, he shot only 33% from three. You'd like to see that up a little bit, but he's a dynamic guard and something a guard that the Rockets have utilized very well in the first two seasons. And they hadn't won a lot of games with him, but he's starting in every game that he's played in and he's obviously one of the focal points of that Rockets team moving forward. Could he be like the next James Harden there for Houston? I'm not too sure, but I think he's definitely got potential. He's got tremendous versatility. He's able to obviously drive, dunk, shoot. I mean, he could be a little better shooting, but plays good defense, averages about a steal a game. So there's a lot of things to like about Jalen Green. I think, again, this season paired alongside guys like Fred Van Fleet and Jabari Smith, and even Dylan Brooks, another guy that they added in free agency. Um, I think this is actually, you know, a poise for a, a very good chance of success. And that's something that if you're a Rockets fan, you got to be excited about because the Rockets obviously, you know, went through a, a little period a time where they didn't seem like they had anything that was going to work for them you know in the, in the future but they've been able to kind of find some things pick and choose some things as time gone on and now they're back in a very interesting position in a position that i think they're excited to be in but obviously comes a lot of um, opportunity for them as well and then finally jabari smith i think you had touched about jabari smith a little bit as well last season i mean maybe not the best of seasons i thought he played fine especially for a rookie especially as a number three overall pick 12.8 points per game last season which i thought was relatively solid had 7.2 rebounds and 1.3 assists. So a lot of things to like about a guy like Jabari Smith. And going into this season, again, it's going to be expectations here for year two. How well is he going to be able to play? That's something that obviously is the biggest question mark here. Averaged about a block a game. And they kind of got like a nice little young big three. Yeah, Fred Van Vliet isn't as young as he used to be, but he's still relatively young, got more time left in those legs. Now you got Jabari Smith as well as Jalen Green. It's kind of like an interesting 
collection of players that they have and it's something that could work or something that you know won't work so that's the biggest storyline is how are they going to make it all work but Jabari Smith I feel like compliments Fred Van Fleet and Jalen Greenwell because he isn't going to shoot a lot beyond the arc he's going to hit his free throws you know shoot interior wise play good defense stuff that you love to see out of guys in general but a guy like Jabari Smith who is just so highly touted coming out of college and um, the success that he was able to have in his first season I really think now Jabari Smith's able to be opened up into the game more and have more success as a whole because of his ability to not necessarily space the floor, but how the Rockets are being able to space the floor and provide him with a ceiling of opportunity and a ceiling of growth, which is something that he, I feel like he didn't necessarily get last season, but going into this season is something that he desperately needs. All right, go ahead and give me your bust. So for my bust, uh, I'm going to go with Kevin Porter Jr., and this is strictly what happened today, basically, uh, about what the, I believe it was the GM, uh, basically told Kevin Porter. Uh, so Kevin Porter got arrested recently, and the GM basically told Kevin Porter that he's no longer part of the team. Uh, quote, uh, could be part of the Rockets, uh, like, or not quote, but like, basically saying that he shouldn't be around the team. I mean, they don't want him around the team. They already informed him. They no longer want him to be part of the team. Because of the rest, uh, I think that there's a good chance that I mean he does he's not going to play this year. That's why he's going to be a bust coming into this year. And it's less of a bust uh, for him personally and all that. It's more of just a bust for the team uh, that they won't have Kim Porter Jr. Last year he was solid for them. Uh, still only 23 years old. Originally with Cleveland had some problems there. Uh, was upset with the front office and all that. Got traded over to Houston. Last year, 19.2 points per game, 5.3 rebounds, 5.7 assists. Shot 44.2 from the field, 36.6 from three, and 79.4 from the field. I mean, those are good numbers, and now you're not going to have those anymore. Uh, For good reason, though, he shouldn't be part of the team uh, at the moment because of everything that's gone down with him uh, in the past and also is right now. I think Kevin Porter Jr., uh, this is upsetting to see just because of how much talent he does have, but that also, in a sense, can help out some of his other guys. Their numbers will go up uh, because the offensive production and usage there is going to be spread around now. And I think the Van Vliet uh, signing looks so much better now uh, because of KPJ going down. He was running, I believe, a little bit more of the point guard position uh, between him and Jalen Green switching back and forth. And I think the frame Van Bleet signing is looking a lot better now because of this. Yeah, so my for my boss, I'm gonna go ahead and go with just Sean Tate. Sean Tate's one of those guys that not many people know too much about. He's entering his fourth season in the NBA. Nine point one points per game, three point eight rebounds, two point seven assists last season. Really had a drop off from his second season to his third season. Appeared in seventy eight games, started seventy seven of them, but last season only appeared in thirty one games and started only seven of them. Houston's kind of realized his role has kind of diminished a little bit, especially at the small forward position there. They are a team that needs to have success from their bench because they obviously don't have tons of stars. I mean, they have a good amount of young prodigies, but not like a typical bench that you'd see have success, especially you know from game one. Um, but that's something that Jay Sante was supposed to bring them last season, and he just didn't. And so going into this situation, I just am not liking it too much. I think it's going to be one of those things that he is a good player in the grand scheme of things, but maybe not the best fit for Houston right now. Or maybe he's a guy that needs a little bit more development with Houston. I mean, he's only entering his fourth season. He's only 27 years old. I mean, it's a little bit old for a guy entering his fourth season in the NBA. But still, I mean, maybe this is like a not necessarily a wake-up call, but an opportunity for him to either be with Houston – 
this season or just an opportunity down the line. And that's something that maybe you have to take into consideration too. And if you're able to have success with him, I think it just opens up the playbook so much more for the Houston Rockets and they're just in a better position. But for me, I've just seen too much inconsistencies from him to, you know, want to jump on the train of Jay Sean Tate, especially this season, but who knows might change my mind, might not probably won't. But I think this season at least is something that you want to try to avoid if you're a Houston Rockets fan. Okay. Your breakout player. So for my breakout player, I have Tari Eason. Tari Eason last year was a rookie, uh, same with Jabari Smith Jr. Made an all-rookie team, played 82 games, which was great to see there. Most of them, I believe, coming off of the bench. Yeah, he only started five games last year. Only played 21.5 minutes per game, uh, 9.3 points per game, six rebounds, 1.1 assists, 44.8 from the field, 34.3 from three, 75.2 from the field. So solid numbers as a whole. Defensively, he also averaged 1.2 steals per game and 0.6 blocks. So defensively, he's solid there as well. Uh, I think Tarisen is going to take a step forward. He's part of this uh, younger group. He is 22 years old. Uh, so he's not super old, but he is a little bit older in comparison to some guys who are rookies when they're 18, 19. So he is a little bit more developed in college. Uh I think that he's going to have more of a role off of the bench behind guys like Jabari. But again, he's going to be a good, a great rotational big for them uh, coming off the bench, especially with his defensive presence uh, that he does have. I'm going to go with the men Thompson, another rookie here for the Houston Rockets, probably the backup, you know, number two, maybe has an opportunity to play more at the three position, especially with Dylan Brooks being the starter there at the moment. Who knows? Maybe he'll get ejected, suspended. Uh, but Amen, Amen Thompson is one of those guys I think is going to have a really good rookie season. He was one of my highly touted guys coming out of the draft this year's draft class. And I'm really excited to see what his skill set's going to be able to do. I thought he was better than his brother, Osser. Um, and I think going into this year, he's going to be something that, you know, the Houston Rockets want to utilize very efficiently. They realize that there's a lot of young potential with him, a lot of opportunity for growth and development. And he's just an overall good forward. He is very versatile as well. He's able to play the two, three, um, and even the one at times as far as his ball handling and able to hold you know, that very well. And then offense production, defense production, everything that you want out of a very solid player, especially out of a rookie, you're going to have out of a Matt Thompson. And as mentioned, he's the guy that can make an impact here in week one and have success for the Houston Rockets. And that's something that they got to take into consideration. I mean, maybe he's a guy that doesn't start off the season with a, a big bang or isn't a guy that is jumping off the page as far as talent, but he's a guy that's been consistent for them. And that's maybe something that the Houston Rockets do need. Maybe that's something that they've been lacking, especially, you know, recently as far as times are concerned. But I think Ahmed Thompson, especially going into this season, especially going into this campaign, is a guy that's going to be poised to have a big successful season. Depends on how much opportunity he does have and when that opportunity does arise. But when I do believe, or when the opportunity does arise, I believe it's a perfect, ample opportunity for him to have success this season. And I think for Houston Rockets fans, it's definitely something that you want to see and it can help you feel better about some of the younger guys they have here. Because this is a team that has a lot of young talent um, and how are they going to utilize their talent moving forward? It's going to be the biggest question mark for the Houston fans down the line. Okay, your sleeper. So for my sleeper, I have Jay Sean Tate. I get he is older, uh, and also had drop-off last year. He's about to turn 28 years old at the end of this month. Uh, Last year, only 31 games, then 1 points per game, 3.8 rebounds, 2.7 assists. Doesn't shoot the three particularly well either, uh, but shot 48% from the field. Free throw was up 2% last year, but still only 72.5 last year. Uh, His first two years, 70 and then 78 games. I think that's solid, especially coming off the bench, averaging between right around 11 points, uh, 11.3 and 11.8. 
Defensively, he's been solid, uh, right around one steal per game uh, on his career, half a block, uh, but a little bit more than a steal game uh, between his first two years when he did play 70 plus. Good amount of assists and a good amount of rebounds for uh, the time he does play. I think that he's going to be a better presence off the bench. He's not going to be much of a starter here uh, with this team. I think that, one, he's too old, so he doesn't really fit a whole other timeline uh, for the starters that they want to build around here. But he also fits the timeline says that he's going to be a little bit older. He's spent more time in college, uh, so he's a little bit more mature than a lot of these other guys who are still maybe 20 years old. He's going to be able to have that bit presence but he's also gonna have a presence where he came in roughly came into the league roughly at the same time so he's still going through some of the growing pains as well as all these other guys I think if you give him more minutes or not more minutes maybe he does give some more minutes but if he plays more games and as a whole last year only 22 minutes per game uh first two years was 29.2 and 26.4 I think coming off the bench uh he still was average right around 20 uh 22 minutes a game, give you around 10 points, and good amount of assistant rebounds for someone coming off the bench. I don't expect him to put up star numbers, but I, put, I expect him to be a, a really good bench guy for this team, especially with the defense here. There wasn't much defense last year, the last few years. Uh, adding guys like Dylan Brooks and having him off the bench bring that presence. So I'm going to go with Alper and Sangin. I think you talked about him as well. For me, I've been kind of sleeping on him, but he's going to be somebody that needs to step up to the play for the Rockets this season. I do believe that he will. I mean, he is their big man down low. Like He's the guy that they're going to look to as far as tight situations and just in general. I mean, he's a guy that's had success in the past. Last season, 14.8 points per game, nine rebounds, 3.9 assists. He's been efficient there. And overall, just your prototypical big man. He is 21 years old as well, so he's still relatively young and is kind of building that foundation there of those young Houston Rockets players, which I think is going to actually play to his advantage and just help him tremendously in the game. And looking at the Rockets as a whole, I mean, yeah, having solid big man play is going to be huge. He's a guy that, again, I think is expected to have a lot of success, especially going into this year, especially with the guys that he has around him. So it seems like a win-win situation for him. The biggest thing for him is how much success is he going to be able to have, right? Like you look at a guy like him, you instantly think that he's going to have tons of success, but you never really know. So going into the season, it's going to be paramount for him to have the success that he's basically expected to have going into the season. I think you're going to you're going to see it out of a guy like him. I'm really excited to see his skill set, you know, for the Rockets this season, what he's going to be able to offer for them. Okay, your team MVP. So my team MVP, I have Jalen Green. I think Jalen Green is going to take even another step forward here. Uh, 21 years old, going to turn 22 in February next year. Uh, last year, the 22.1 points per game, career high, rebound 3.7, sis 3.7. Uh, his three-point can use some work, same as his free throw. He's sub 80% from the free throw line and right around 33, 34% from three. Uh, first year, uh, his minutes were at 32, this year at 34, so a step up there. Uh, but five, five more points per game than he averaged last year. Defensively, right around the same. Steals at right around 0.7, per uh, steals per game. Blocks are still at, on the lower end. I don't expect him to get many blocks. Uh, his fouls, though, stayed the same even though with the minutes up. Uh, still under two fouls per game, which is great to see there that he isn't reaching too much. He isn't trying to over-pursue the ball. Assist went up per game. Rebound stayed right about the same. But as you mentioned before, I think having Van, Fred Van Bleet there, another ball handler, uh, someone who's able to kind of have some relief now for Jalen Green uh, at that position, be able to have someone who have a little bit more veteran presence. I think he takes a step forward. I don't know if he takes a huge step forward, but I think he could 
uh, get you 24 points per game uh, and put, push closer to like four and a half rebounds and assists combined, especially if he's able to shoot the free throws a lot more because he does get fouled a good amount and go to, goes to the line a good amount uh, per game. But if he's able to make those one, one to two more free throws per game, because averages up a little bit more. The same with the threes. He's going to have more open looks this year, I feel like. And if he's able to hit one more of those threes or two more of those threes, those are that's three to six points right there that uh, could help his average. Yeah, my team MVP is going to be Fred Van Fleet. I think he is the best player on this team. I mean, you look from top to bottom. It's a pretty, pretty young team. I mean, I would say some experience to extend. Obviously, Sanguine, Jalen Green. There's also maybe Jabari Smith playing in the 79 games last season. So there's a lot of opportunity for growth here with this team. But I think this team's going to be solid. And I think this team's going to be one of those teams that maybe has a chance to really, really thrive and flourish. And, you know, for a team like the Rocks, I think Fred Van Fleet's going to be the best player. How does he complement the other guys? Maybe he's not necessarily a burden to the other guys, but isn't necessarily a help to them as well. So I'd be kind of curious to see his role as time goes on. But he is one of the better players in the entire NBA, one of the better shooters and all that jazz. So you got to be excited if you're a Rockets fan with Fred Van Fleet. But I think he is going to be the best player for this team. Um, and I, like I said, I think the Rockets are in a far better position with Fred Van Fleet than they were with, you know, any other position really that they had or tried to address as, as this offseason went on. All right, go ahead and give me your key draft picks and offseason moves. So my first one's going to be Ahmed Thompson of OTE. Uh, last year, 16.3 points per game, 6.4 rebounds, 6.2 assists, and also 2.4 assists uh, just under – or just, sorry, just over 28 minutes per game there at OTE. Again, I think I said the same thing about basically every OT player. Same with Azar Thompson. Uh, it's going to go down to – we haven't seen another guy or anyone come out of OT be a top draft pick and see what they've done in the league. We don't know how much how much better the NBA competition – and we know the NBA competition is better, but we don't know the difference how much exactly between college and OT. Is it easier scoring OT? Is it better – easier to put up better numbers in OT compared to college? I think there's a good chance of that. I think he, he won't struggle a lot because I think that he is still really good. But he's definitely going to come off the bench. I think Green and uh, Fan Vliet right there, sorry, uh, are definitely going to be your starting two, one and two. Uh, Dylan Brooks is, may start at the three. I'm not exactly sure how the rotation is going to go. But I think Amen's going to come off the bench. I don't think he's going to have the best year. But I think he's going to have a solid year off the bench. He still probably will make it an all-rookie team. But – I think it's more of an uphill battle for him then just because they did lock up Van Vliet for a little bit. Jalen Green was a top, was a second overall pick uh, just a few years ago. They're going to be relying on him. I think it's going to be hard for him then to be able to crack that starting rotation, at least from the beginning right now. Uh, there could be a chance that they were on a smaller team uh, or a smaller lineup bringing a man out there at the number three. There's a chance of that. And my next one's going to be Cam Whitmore. Uh, out of Villanova, Cam Whitmore, 12.5 points per game, only played 26 games, 5.3 rebounds, 0.7 assists, shot 47.8 from the field, 34.3 from three, a pretty, like, I'd say bad as a whole, free threat, 70.3 there. Uh, He was decent last year. He wasn't the best defensively. He saw 1.4 steals, uh, 0.3 blocks per game, turnovers just under two, same with fouls. So he isn't reaching too much uh, to get those steals. He isn't giving up too many fouls. He was a Big East All-Freshman. Last year was a one-and-done at Villanova. I think he's going to be solid, but I think, again, him and the men 
are both very similar, I believe, to height and weight. So it's going to be hard for both of them to uh, make that starting lineup, especially right away. I think that they'll both be coming off the bench, but I also think they both can complement each other very well. Yeah, so I talked about Amen Thompson, obviously, from Overtime Elite. I'm also going to talk about their other first-round choice there in Cam Whitmore, as you had touched base on. Cam Whitmore I've always liked. I think coming out of the draft there at Villanova, I mean, he comes from a very established program, right? I mean, that's a program that consistently is in there year in and year out. Going into this year for the Rockets, I mean, they're going to need some consistency, and they're going to need some maturity. I feel like Cam Whitmore does provide that, which is going to be huge for the Rockets and you know the other development of their players as well. So getting a guy like him is going to be huge. He's a strong athletic wing, something that the Rockets do like about him. He's a very well-developed player. His game translate really well to the NBA, like I had mentioned earlier. And that's something that's going to be huge for them again this season. How is this game going to translate to the NBA? I think it's going to translate pretty well. Um, I think there's a lot of opportunity for him to have success and have growth here in the league. So really excited to see what he's going to be able to do there. I also mentioned he's a solid defender as well, something that I feel like the Rockets do need. I think they've improved their defense, but um, they do need some more consistency on the defensive side. I also touched base on how he's been became a better shooter throughout his college career. This is something that was a bit underrated with him, um, his shooting in college compared to his shooting now. It definitely has been improved. And I think he's a well-polished player that's ready to go play in NBA game one. And that's something that's going to be huge for the Rockets this season is having guys that are NBA ready because they have a lot of unexperienced guys. They have a lot of young guys. How are they going to be able to find guys that are NBA ready from, you know, game one? And I think this is one of the guys that can definitely complement that very well. Fred Van Fleet obviously was a big offseason acquisition. That's obvious. And then Dylan Brooks, he's a feisty player. You know, smart on the offensive side, knows the right play, which is something that you want out of a small forward position there. He's a good mid-range shooter, not as much as a three-point shooter. He, um, For as feisty as he is, he's not so much a great defender slash rebounder, which is something that's a bit disappointing. Um, and he also has to stay out of foul trouble slash technical foul trouble. Dylan Brooks is one of the more controversial players in the entire NBA because he always seems to be getting in trouble game in and game out. So being able to you know adapt that and, and find ways to mitigate that is going to be huge for him as a whole. Otherwise, you know he's going to run into situations where he's you know maybe not able to have as much success or even stay on the court. I also talked about Jeff Green. I really like Jeff Green, a savvy vet, I like to call him. He's a guy that's been in the league, it seems like, forever. Um, and he's been very consistent for you know the Nuggets. I thought he was consistent for them last season. I don't think he was a guy that maybe got as much respect as he maybe deserved, but he's a guy that's been consistent for them. And so going into you know a team out of the Rockets, you know, being some of that veteran leadership that he does possess, I think it's going to be huge. He's pretty athletic for being 37 years old. I mean, again, a guy that's not going to blow you off the page, but his athleticism is, is paramount. I mean, he's one of those guys that's been pretty athletic throughout his career. You know, you look at his career as a whole. I mean, he's one of those guys that at 37 years old, as mentioned, he's a guy that can go in there with some of the hardest guys that you have to face in the entire league and compete with them at a good level. So it's good to see, obviously, there. I'm excited to see how he's going to translate there. He hits the open three, you know, keyword there, open. He's not as much of a contested shooter. Obviously, you look at a guy like him, and you'd expect him to maybe have somewhat success as a contested shooter, but just hasn't been the case so far, obviously, throughout his career. But, you know, I think that does, um, you know, become better as he's able to, you know, be on the Rockets now and in a better environment there. And then also as well, I mean, he's not super fast anymore, but he you can, can hurt defenses on the defensive side. What I mean by that is, is just being a force to be reckoned with. A good rebounder could be a bit bulkier. He's a little bit skinny um, compared to some of the other wings in the entire NBA. And obviously he comes from a different generation of NBA players where, you know, he was uh, one of the guys that 
you know, it's kind of like the same thing with the NFL and quarterbacks that are now in the NFL compared to quarterbacks that were in the NFL 10, 15 years ago. So it's just a change of pace. It's how the game is, unfortunate for, for him. But I think he'll be just fine. He has missed a season due to a heart issue, so that's always a concern. But the biggest thing with him is just a good veteran addition and something that I feel like this team needed. It wasn't necessarily a must, but it was something that could definitely help them down the line. And then I'm going to go with Aaron Holiday, point guard from the Hawks. Uh, he's known for distributing and playmaking, which separates him from some of the other, you know, big uh, point guards, excuse me, in this league, especially for the Rockets. I feel like they need some playmaking, not saying that Jalen Green and Fred Van Fleet aren't good playmakers, but having reliable options here off the bench is going to help them tremendously as well. And a guy that comes from the Hawks and Trey Young, who shoots the three very efficiently. He's a good three-point shooter. He's consistent behind the arc. He's highly turnover-prone, which is something that he does need to address. He needs to find a way to keep or hold on to the balls, pause, of course, uh, but finding ways you know, to hold on to that and not turn the ball over is going to be key to his success. But he can get bullied on the defensive side at times, too, and that's one of the risks that you run with Aaron Holiday in the defensive position. I think he's more of an offensive acquisition. Obviously, on the defensive side, they're not great, but he's a guy that does get bullied, especially by some of the other guards in the league. And he can um, give up the gopher ball as well, or the three-point shot. I say gopher ball a lot, but... Um, you know, it's one of those things, too, that he can be a good addition, but he can also hurt them depending on how well he is utilized there for uh, the Rockets this season. But it was a good signing. They did a good good job of going out. And it's kind of weird because you, you see them rebuilding, right? I'm not saying they're not rebuilding anymore, but they signed guys like Fred Van Fleet. They signed guys like Jeff Green, signed guys like Dylan Brooks to just make this team that much better. And that's something that they're going to have to ride with going into this season if they want to have any types of success or any chance of success, really. So it's kind of interesting to see how they did that. And curious to see how these guys do play, right? Because, I mean, they are signing these guys to some big, nice, long contracts. They obviously want them to perform at a very good level. Okay, your two keys to success. So my first key to, my first key to success is let these young guys get as much experience as they can. I mean, they're young. They're not going to win many games this year. Or Actually, I'll take that back. I think they're going to win a good amount of games this year. They are still fairly, fairly young. I think Van Vliet definitely brings that veteran presence uh, to this team, and I think that's really going to help them out here. I think that this team is in the hey steps in the right direction. They have a lot of young guys who have so far panned out. Uh, guys like Jalen Green, I really like uh, Sangoon, but then you got again guys like Van Vliet, Dylan Brooks, who are a little more gritty, who are still who are veterans. There, we're going to be able to make a presence as a whole. And my second one is I don't know if it's exactly like a key success but i think keeping kevin poor jr away from the team uh because of what happened the allegations of him uh fracturing his girlfriend's vertebrae in an assault charge there he did put uh not guilty but i think just keeping him away from the team yeah he had problems back in cleveland i think that he isn't the best player to have around these young guys especially young guys who are super impressionable right now i don't think that this is the best guys like Dylan Brooks who seem like uh, he's a little, he's like a mean guy out on the court, uh, which how he plays. But as a whole, I think he's a very good presence around the team. Same with Van Vliet. I think they're both very respectable guys uh, as people of themselves. And I think that's what's going to be best for this team, especially shaping these younger guys into the team that they want to be. Yeah, so my first key to success for the Rockets, just the good foundation that they have, and they got to build that. I still think they're a year or two out from really competing in the Western Conference. You obviously see the additions that they made, and you think, oh, yeah, they're going to be right back in the mix. But I don't think that's the case necessarily, especially this season. I think there's still a little bit of timeout 
because they do have some younger talent, as mentioned, and they have guys that, you know, take a little bit of time to develop. Obviously, you get guys like Fred Van Fleet, Dylan Brooks, they're going to be there for a little bit longer than a year. And so it's building up for the future, right? Not panicking if you don't win a lot of games. I don't think – I'm not saying that they're not going to win a lot of games. I just don't think they're going to be as good as maybe expected or anticipated in this one. So that's going to be something that's going to be huge for them down the line. Otherwise, they're going to be, like I said, in, in, a, in a difficult position. And then my other key to success is just the Jabari Smith has got to be like an X factor. I mean, he was a guy that was the number three overall pick. You pair him alongside Jalen Green. I thought it was honestly a fine combination there, but now going into this season, right, his role has definitely increased, right? He's got a lot of opportunity to be a really big, big man for them alongside guys like Albert uh, Sanguin. So there's a lot of keys to success there as far as who can be solid for them, but they need some consistency. And I think a guy like him, you know, being consistent is going to be huge. And I'm just big for the, the Rockets as a whole. So if they're able to get some consistency, especially with some of the younger guys that they do have, guys like Jabari Smith and guys in general, um, I think they're in a good position. But like I said, I think this team's like at least a year out. I think, you know, maybe next year they have a better chance of making the play-in or even the postseason for that matter. Um, I think, you know, there's a chance this season. I think they have a lot of things to click right because of how good the Western Conference is. But I wouldn't necessarily discredit them, you know, down the line. This is a team that, has got a good buildup, and once you get a little bit more familiarated in the NBA, they will seem to be in a way better position. And it'll be more fun for Rockets fans, but they're at least heading in the right direction. They made some moves. They basically said, hey, you know, we want to win. We're bringing in some guys here in hopes of winning, obviously. And so as a Rockets fan, you can't be much more pleased, obviously. You, you want to see that. You want to see people out here competing, and um, the Rockets as well. Okay, what about your standings prediction? So I have this team finishing 10th. I have them making a, a playing spot. I think that they're pretty solid as a team. I know they're still young. They're probably still, like you said, a couple years away from actually really competing. I think they're probably going to lose in that uh, first little series in the playing game, uh, making that playing spot. But I have them right, probably right around 37 wins, 35, 37 wins. I think that's good enough to make the playing game. I think at the bottom of this league uh, or this Western Conference, like the Blazers, Spurs, even now a little bit of the Jazz. I know they had a little bit of a run last year, but I don't think they're really that good. I think that they're still a little bit better than some of the other teams uh, who are who will be eliminated, who won't make a playing spot. But I think it would be good for this team to be able to make that playing spot. And I really like the depth of the young guys that they have coming off the bench. On top of the still amount, good amount of young guys that they have, uh, starting right now, especially guys like uh, Green, who have experienced Sangoon, who have experienced Jabari coming off his second year. But you also still have guys like Van Vliet, who can will them to a couple wins just by himself. Uh, but I, I like how they don't, they aren't having to start Amen Thompson right away. They can let him come off the bench, develop a little bit more, but still probably put up a good amount of numbers. Same with guys like Cam Whitmore and, and, so, and so on. I think a lot of these guys will be solid. I think they have just enough to make that final play in spot. I'm going to go ahead and go with 13th. Now, maybe that's a bit too low for them. Um, I think, you know, finishing whatever at the bottom of the pack last season, you don't just magically make the postseason. I think you got to make strides in the right direction. I think they're going to do that this year. I think they're going to compete to a certain extent. I mean, you look at two of the bottom teams in the, the Western Conference by the Spurs and the the Trailblazers, and I think they'll be a little bit better than that, but they're still a ways away. I mean, I think they need to have some more consistency as far as, you know, big man play. And how is Fred Van Fleet going to be for the Rockets? I mean, obviously we expect him to be good, but you never really know. I mean, this is a team that's very interesting. I think as time goes on, they'll be pretty solid, but 
you never really can you jump in the gun and say yes for sure. So we'll see, but I think they have a great opportunity to be great. The biggest question mark is how well can they play and how can they stack up against some of the other teams in the Western Conference. That's why I feel like they're a little bit of ways away, but then again, this is a team that is vastly improved, and the addition of Fred Van Fleet and just in general does help tremendously. So we'll see, but I have them finishing 13th at least for this season. Well, thank you guys for listening to another episode of The Truth. I hope you guys did enjoy it. If you guys did, make sure you follow The Truth on Twitter at The Truth as one to stay up to date with the latest information regarding The Truth, including podcast dates, podcast uploads, and other important information value. Make sure you follow The Truth on TikTok and Instagram as well at the.tt.truth. We're doing some fun things on there as well, so make sure you guys do check that out. Hopefully you guys do stick with us here for tomorrow's show. We're going to be going over the Memphis Grizzlies. Again, another very interesting team this season. A lot of controversy going on there in Memphis. How is Memphis going to stack in the rest of the Western Conference? Hop on tomorrow's show to listen to that. Otherwise, if you've missed any of your favorite teams or any team that you want to learn more information about, highly recommend you go check out the other episodes here of On the Court because we go over in-depth on each NBA team. But we do appreciate you guys' support. As always, I'm your host, the one you love the most, Niall Hessen, joined once again by AJ Ponciano. Take care and good night.